0: Welcome back! You' gonna film podcast episode number eight. I am Slim, your host, and today I have a very special guest, fellow Aberson Commodore. Commodore, a pride, baby. A pride in the building. Member of Aberson's mighty football team from '95 to '99. One name was good.
1: Dog pound, pound, two-time <laughs> district champs. My senior year, we went out with a bang. We got ours.
0: <laughs> we did definitely get ours, <laughs> and I'm gonna go ahead and let this man introduce himself omar washington mr omar washington (laughs) appreciate you king appreciate you how you doing today omar i'm good man long day but i'm good long day yes i do oh man i appreciate you taking time ain't no thing man come out and speak with us today appreciate you for inviting me and let's get started in just to let everybody know where you're from New Orleans, the East, New Orleans. Well, we, what they said, what did we
1: say when we were kids? Uh, Eastern New Orleans, New Orleans East. <laughs> Cross the train tracks. Cross the train tracks. Yeah, down from Rest Haven, the old boondocks. A lot mm. of people wouldn't go back there, but I, I grew up back there. I don't think they still going back there, oh they, they. I still, we still got people back there. I still got family back there. We go see them. Oh,
0: <laughs> out the old road. That's yes, what sir. we called it. The there old. It road. Is. Yes, sir. Mm. So you're born and raised in the East? Yes, sir. And what schools did you attend, Mr. Washington? The whole East
1: Circuit. Basically, I went from Littlewoods, Schaumburg, Livingston, Abe.
0: right there. Mighty Abe. Mighty. I (laughs) didn't have to change the uniform. I was white and blue, red, white, and blue all the way through. I was good. Hey, man, ain't nothing wrong with that. That's the best colors, bro. I keep telling people that's that's the best high school to come out of New Orleans, man. All day. Everybody want to talk about (laughs) Kennedy, Reed, and ain't all no, man. If you ain't go to Abe, you ain't go to school. A lot of people gonna knock. Look,
1: I'ma still say this. I'ma show love, but at the same time, it's able of Everything. Able of everything.
0: We represent our school. Abe <laughs> you know proud of all day, got to. So Mr. Washington, I know you personally. Right. And I know you as the standout football player wide receiver, number 10. Am I correct? No, 10 is Chad. I was 14. Corner, corner yeah. safety receiver. I was more, I was starting more at corner and
1: safety. And what happened? Why? With the career? Yeah, why we stopped playing? <laughs> we stopped playing because it was a whole different story as far as it goes coaching. I'm not going to go into coaching, but let's just say the A players played for themselves. Respect to some coaches that truly did care, but the people that actually went into college got their way, got themselves into college. And I was going for track not the, and walking on on football, but I had a blood clot in my calf that I didn't know was there my entire senior year. So I ran a 434 with this in this calf and I was going, <laughs> I was running, but back then, Tommy Frazier, you know, back then they didn't know the history on how blood clots affect your calves. Right. So I was done. I was going to Florida AM. and the first day when they got all the medical records, I had no housing. Everything was done.
0: So, so they, I, they just I, shut it down.
1: Yeah. It was done, so I'm, I'm home, New Orleans. I just went to SUNO for the time I got a music scholarship because I used to sing before. Right. While. So I went and got a music scholarship, and sports became just a hobby at that point in time. I
0: forgot you was part of the Mr. Raymond Miles Choir. Uh, that and before him too.
1: Mr. Mackey. Mr. Mackey, oh, right? Mackie. Mr. Mackey. Yeah, we had a, yeah, it was that. But that beyond yeah. that, I went after that and did some singing, pro, pro, not professionally, but for gospel. Sung background for a lot of major gospel artists. Travelled, did all that. But the career is what that was a part of the career and I still do it a little bit, but what I actually do is what I genuinely love.
0: Me and my partner Riley right? was just talk about this earlier. It's like everybody that went to District 95A school, meaning, Abe Reed, Kennedy, John, Mac, Easton, 35, Nichols, Full shit, District 95A. It's like the requirements to play sports was so low. I think it was like a 1.6. That's what you had to have.
1: I couldn't tell you because I'm gonna be
0: honest with you. For
1: me, for school, Mary Grace ain't play that. Right. So, I, I, we, we, our senior year, where we had 464 students, I was like 67 out of 464. Yeah. And I did four sports and two other extracurricular activities. But Mary Grace wasn't playing.
0: And we probably know the 60s, something that was in front of you came from Mitchell? <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them. Got Not a, all of them. Right, because you got Shanika. Them. Yeah. You got yeah. Ebony. You got Angie. Angie was the valedictorian. Angie, yeah. And a lot of
1: people don't know that her now husband, Johnny, was supposed to be valedictorian, but they wouldn't allow him to be valedictorian because he was at age for only three and a half years instead of four. Instead of the
0: four, right. Right. Yeah, we, we kind of changed the, changed the game in 99. Yeah, big time. Because, you know, before us, it was... The Mitchell people and you know yeah very like
1: very that. very true that was the first one.
0: So you got the Florida A and M and
1: on the I, first day I barely good... got that, brother. I, I could tell you when when it was I was so bucked up that was the only people that I put on my financial aid. I didn't put any other college because let's be real, you didn't go to your count, counselors at in high school and we didn't half the time we didn't even know they were there. Right. So in the set at the same sentence. I put that on there. I was so certain I was going there. I got the letters from the coach. I was good. When the medical records got there, before I even got there, it was done. <laughs> so I never even, this was, like I said, this was going into track to go into football. And it was done. So after that, just psh, let me go ahead on. And I don't know how I made it because it was past the financial date for me to receive financial aid. It was past the dates for me to do scholarship. I went in there and went and did everything I could do possible. Talked to him, went and sung for old dude because I needed to get that. Guy, got the scholarship and it was cool. And the actual, per, the actual uh, person over there and Suno was is Raj Smooth's dad, the legendary uh, uh, composer Roger Dickinson Senior. So it was dope. It was a dope experience to work with him for about a year or two. He didn't want me to leave when I had to leave, but yeah, learned a lot from that
0: man. So. When Florida and them did whatever they did, you didn't give up. Nah. You just, so you went to Suno and... I went to Suno
1: and start taking care of family. Uh, sports was, I didn't give up. I, I was done as far as it goes as trying to pursue anything athletically uh, in a professional manner. I just started to focus and try to see what I wanted to do because at the end of the day, I really didn't have it in my mind what I wanted to do for sure. Because I went, I was, uh, while I was at Abe, I was recruited by texaco for civil engineering so while i was at abe i was going to civil engineering classes at night for texaco um i was maybe one of three blacks in this entire class um and it was it was it was cool but it was extremely boring to me and i'm saying that because you're sitting in a computer room just drafting and i was looking at all the other things that you had to do and i was like well i won't do that it was like they get paid a lot less and this and this i'm like but this is fun so honestly I did leave that class and tried to figure out more of what I wanted to do. So I was into entertainment overall. It was sports, singing. Uh, I used to act a fool with all my family. We used to make skits as kids. So all those things was what I I loved. But I was like, I need something else. I need something else. So I just started doing a bunch of different stuff and taking care of my moms because my moms were constantly falling ill. I'll be in college and I'll get a call and she's passing out every other day. And I'm running back and forth to her job, or following the ambulance, not knowing that they've been misdiagnosing her all the time. She was diabetic and she was passing out because her sugar was low. And that happened for some years. So I, so she stopped working. I had to take front of all the bills and still was doing college, the bills, helping raise my nieces and nephews. It was a full-time job, of course.
0: But so with all that going on, and you did all these different things, how did you just come and be like, I'm going to be an act?
1: Um, the acting actually came off of an accident, literally. I was always joking. That was just a release for me. Me and my family would always, if we were cooped up by each other, we would get the camcorder that my uncle had and just make skits. And I would be the person to come up with it or be the actor. and Because it was just fun. Me and my sister that I'm closest to, she went to A2. She was a track star, Dave. Shout out, Makia. But But... Uh, <laughs> uh, Me and her are the the clowns of the family in that aspect. Um, So we were doing those skits and time rolled. Um, I was doing a little bit of background work out here, learning the rough stuff before the storm hit. And after the storm, I was like, damn, I'm thinking about getting into acting, but there's nothing going on in Dallas because I moved to Dallas at that time. My, my, My job transferred me out there and I was doing well, but nothing was really popping out there for acting. I came home uh, like I did every year to visit my family for about two weeks. And I got hit in a car accident. And if it wasn't for that accident, I would not be acting. I got rear-ended, and it made me stay in New Orleans for therapy to do everything else. And that's when I ran across uh, Luck. Shout out Keith swanye another A. Wide luck. Why, yeah, why luck out you. <laughs> celebrating, um, celebrating that brother, man. That's a talented brother, by the yes, way. Yes, indeed. You did, trust me. But um, talk
0: is cheap. <laughs> That's my jam. <laughs> yeah. You heard the me whole talk is, cheap. is cool
1: The whole album that he had before that is cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but now, uh, I, I ran into him out here and he was living in Dallas, but I ran into him in New Orleans and he hit me up and he was like, Yo, you still interested in acting? I was like, Yeah, he said, Well, I'm producing a stage play, I want you to come out and audition. And he was doing it with another partner, uh, Benny Andrews. Now, he went to the K, but shout out Benny, it did. Um, and they put on this, this major stage play, it was called Wide Weight. And I never acted at that time, as far as professionally. And I went, um, went up there and I was nervous and shaking. And the first day, I think I messed up and I thought I was done. One of the brothers that, that was there, uh, Trazi Lachon, shout out Z, very, very prominent actor and acting coach and uh, owns his own film company out here in New Orleans too. Um, He told me himself, he said, I ain't going to lie, bro. I thought you was zipped after the first date. He said, you came back the second day, and I had no idea who you was. I thought you was playing possum. And it was natural, because at that time, I never had acting. uh, I didn't have training. None of that. But I did the stage play. uh, First show was in Hammond in front of 50-something people. I mean, first show was in front of 20-something. The next day was 50-something. And then the third appearance that we had was in New Orleans at uh, Victory next to uh, the Saints practice facility. And we did that in a weekend in front of 2,000 people and got a standing ovation. And that's how the acting started for me.
0: So tell me, how, how is it being an actor in a city that's really about music? Uh, I'll tell you this.
1: Right now, I'm, I'm excited. When I first came up in it, because I started acting professionally around 2008, 2007 2008 maybe the first thing I actually did that was on TV came out in 2009 we filmed it in 08 so um back then they typecast a lot of New Orleans actors and we felt a certain way because we were like we can swing with everybody else we're not trying to trying to mess over everybody from Cali or New York or what have you but we have just as much talent and a lot of my friends moved to different cities and states and did it and I just was not the fan of moving to do it one of my mentors Wendell Pierce a New Orleans legend as well Uh, he told me a long time ago it's not about you moving to a spot it's about you being there when they call you make yourself available right it's all about the hustle it's about the grind because new orleans people would get typecast they would get us to for the longest to play the smallest roles in a new orleans film and bring a bunch of actors from other places that don't have our and and new orleanians (laughs) we're a bit selfish we If you can't get our vernacular down, we don't want you to try. Exactly. We want you to just totally leave it alone. Just be straight. as far as whatever your voice is, just be that. But they would have them do it. And I've been on set before. I've been an extra before. And they didn't know what they were doing. And some New Orleanians would try to help them. But you can't learn an accent in one hour. It's not going to happen. Especially this one. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So so it, it, it was tough for the longest. But within the past two or three years... Uh, well, actually, two years. New Orleans actors now are getting a lot more face time in acting. They just had a uh, movie that just dropped uh, the other day with uh, Issa Rae and um, uh, loving love. What was it? Some shoot. I'm, I'm mad that I'm missing it. It's uh, it's something that they have. We have about four or five New Orleans actors out, and it just dropped on Netflix yesterday. It was big though, and they had prominent roles in it, and they did a really, really dope job. Jaron Mitchell. Uh, it's Betsy. They did their thing out there, man. There's a lot of New Orleans actors now that are getting it. They're starting to look and say, "Hey, these people really have talent." It's just the fact that you really have to grind. They already look at us differently because Correct. we're the step kid or the little kid in the game that's been New York and LA's been doing this for the longest. So they weren't going to give us the biggest things, and I can understand because I've been to cattle calls where it's a mass of people for a commercial audition, and a bunch of people in the corner playing around. This is a, this is not a game. This is Tons of money going around, and they out there playing. And the people that you know that are seasoned, that you can tell the difference when you walk into a room. So yeah,
0: and it, it kind of upsets me because I I know about kind of about the film industry and how many movies are filmed in New Orleans and surrounding areas. And the last movie I actually went to the movies and saw was Queen and Slim, Queen and, Slim. and I was angry the whole movie because. For instance, the Alabama spot, when okay. they go to the ballroom in Alabama, uh-huh. you go on that River Road. Right. Like, I know the city. Right. So I'm looking, and then I see they bumping into these New Orleans cities. One part was in Algiers uh-huh. with Bikin Woodbine and the two women that right. lived in the house with them. Right. And they trying to beat New Orleans, and I'm sitting there like, this don't even sound like us. Like, you want it, we have it, why not use it?
1: Well, I'm going to tell you this one first, with that one. Dion Taylor, shout out him first. He's a black director. I got to give him props because he's doing he's doing something now. A lot of actors, a lot of directors aren't doing. First of all, that man been in the game 15 years. And he was, he's self-taught. He wasn't trained or He's self-taught. So he actually reaches out to act. He's he's, 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 especially with this live. He's been doing a bunch of lives with this pandemic or whatever that they're calling it now is going on. And he's just been giving a ton of game and talking to, to, Black actors, black writers, directors, and saying, We only can save us. This is what we need to do. He's been doing this for, but the thing about it is, he's been real like this for the longest. There are actors that are from New Orleans that was on there. Like the, the actual guy, uh, shout out Andre, Andre Shanks. He, uh, the guy that opened up the garage door that caught them in that, he's from here. He the just, top. Yeah, he just yeah. moved to LA to pursue, uh, further, further pursue his career. But I said that because, yeah, the, he's from Gary, Indiana. They will not have a clue. What I always gotta tell people is this when you when they're shooting movies, we have to hold, we can't hold them accountable at every point because they're not entertaining the 10% that know. They're entertaining the 90% that don't know. Think about any 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 TV series you've ever seen in the medical field. Anybody that you know that's in the medical field say, that's not how you do it, that's not how you do it. Well, they're not entertaining you, you are the 10%. Right. They're entertaining the 90% that has no clue. That's eating a popcorn being
0: entertained. Is it My question is, is it a stigma with black actors with certain roles? Meaning, I see a lot of prominent black actors, except Denzel, that take these roles that basically downplay their race, their manhood, or their womanhood. Do you see that a lot? And if so, how do you feel? And would you take a role like that? There's a lot of that going on, period. Um...
1: I've, that's been offered to me. I decline. That's just my preference. I don't have anything uh, against anyone. I love everybody. Actually, some of the films I've done, there's not a film I I haven't done <laughs> where you have got a gumble pot of people and how they are on set and that you're working with. So everybody, everybody knows in the film industry, everybody whether they're gay, straight, trans, it doesn't matter. You are already working with the majority of them anyway on set. Now. As far as doing the roles that's up to those people i was offered a what a b-class role some years ago years ago and it was going to be very lucrative and my agent at the time was like omar are you sure you want to say no that we can this is a nice amount of money i was like nah i'm not interested in for the record i would appreciate if you wouldn't audition me for those types of roles anymore because i am just literally i was always about the New Orleans actor that can show them I can be New Orleans and be the actor beyond that and blow up everything. Not for the, not for attention, not to be the absolute best, but to show that New Orleans actors are literally just as good and even better than some. That was my purpose. And I felt doing roles in those areas would typecast me and put me in a different area. I didn't want to be. Correct. So, um, overall if they do that, that's their cup of tea. No problem with it. For me,
0: I would love to play other things that's not those that that directly. And and I don't like, you know, I don't like when they do that because, and I respect Wendell Pierce because I never seen him take a role that degraded him. I get you. You know, and they don't do it with Kelly Clarkson. She's from New Orleans, mm-hmm. if I'm saying her name correct, Jackie Clarkson's daughter.
1: Okay. Yeah, you see,
0: know. that I mean, there's a, there's
1: a lot of people. Um, it, I look at it on the sense of it's what we really direct our attention to because there's been a bunch of TV shows that we necessarily haven't paid attention to where there's Caucasian males that play those two. It's an overall thing, but it definitely is going to come off with us being targeted toward us toward a bunch of different shows. And some people may feel, hey, y'all pushing too much of this on now. Some people feel those ways and I can understand the difference for me, the biggest way, because let's be let's be honest, it's been here since the beginning of the time, it ain't going nowhere. I don't have to receive it. It's nothing affecting me. If I'm if if I'm doing my work and I'm still showing love to y'all and y'all working with me, and we are all working for one purpose and to make this project great, if that's your role and that's your role and you've accepted it, that's fine. I'ma accept my role, I'm gonna commit to that role. I'm gonna make sure I'm in contact with y'all on the points we need to hit the actions that need to be felt, and we're going to make this dope, and that's how I keep it. When, we, when we're when we done, we laugh, joke. We don't have to go into extra detail if they don't want. It's an open dialogue with most uh, most castmates that I've actually worked with, and they've all said how they feel, what their opinions are on things, um, what they may disagree with, and sometimes that happens as well. But I've had friends that have gotten to, not gotten into it, but talked to, prominent directors on set because they didn't want to play something that they changed in the script. And they've said, I don't want to do that. That's against what I want to do. And they've talked to them in separate rooms for 30 minutes, 40 minutes at a time. It's happened. And they came with a a medium to where the person didn't have to do it, but they still had to sell something to go with what the script already was
0: written to finish the story. So, Kind of like the Dave Chappelle thing when he shot the Nothing to Lose with Martin and he said... He'd go back to the trailer mm-hmm. and they were like, hey, Dave, man, you know, the yeah. funniest thing came up. Yeah. I want you to put this dress on and he just kept saying yeah. no. Yeah. So it's about standing for something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You got,
1: there are things that can happen, but at the end of the day, if you, as long as you're not one of those, if you if you're somebody out here bashing and doing negative stuff, negative comments, it's not going to work for you in any business. I don't care, in acting, TV, whatever it is, you could be in, a, in corporate America, it's not going to work for you. So, Be who you are, be yourself,
0: and do your job. That's how I take it. And being yourself, just being yourself, does that get overlooked? Do people think, you know, you're difficult or you're not a team player? Not me personally, because
1: I'm, uh, I have never, I've never looked at everybody else on that situation i've only paid attention to me in that aspect now if i have a castmate that may be having an anxiety attack or nervous i'm one of those people anybody that's worked with me know i'll be the person to break the ice to get everybody cool calm and collect we're gonna laugh a little bit and then when you see my face change don't talk to me it's time to go <laughs> Showtime. and i'm gonna tell you too i, always, I tell it, i'm a straight shooter i tell everybody when it comes because that's my craft i don't play about that Um, And and the tripped out part is I haven't even reached my full potential. There's some things I haven't totally committed to because I had to experience some things in order for me to really feel and understand the character because it takes a lot of work. People underappreciate the quality and the depth of what an actor actually has to do to become that person. You got to understand it's not always just you becoming another person. You literally are becoming another soul of a being. Right. And once you do that, you have to create the essence to make sure that it's sold. Any movie that you've ever seen that has connected with you, you gotta really think about it. This dude ain't that person. For real, he's just a character. But every time mm-hmm. we, when we in the streets, we see them, what we see? Do we call them by their first name? Nope. What we call
0: them?
1: <laughs> like, they, The character's name. Yeah,
0: like Mike Epps, they did
1: Exactly, because they <laughs> made you feel something. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's studying, it's looking, uh, pointing out certain things about the person. Like, you gotta really do some studying. And actually, you study the other people sometimes more. Studying the script, memorizing the script, that's nothing. I can do that in a heartbeat. That's not what it's about. Studying a script and memorizing a script is just learning lines. That's not it. In order for you to become the actor, you have to really look at each line in script and look at them and and see why is this person feeling this way and how does he feel towards the person that they're talking to. It's a lot of detail. And if you're a real actor, you're
0: going to do that work. And would you rather film, acting, or theater? Oh, I love them all, man. Uh,
1: Theater, film, television, I love them all. Theater, I'm going to tell you, the best training for an actor is theater. That was the best overall. I did theater for about six, seven years. That's the best training for an actor overall. To learn a script, that's maybe 70, 80 pages, and you might be on 90% of them. And to go back and forth with the time. And if someone's late on their lines, or if someone dropped, because there's been some times where people have literally called out the day of show and directors are reading lines backstage to other people. And I have to make it happen. They will put me and the, director, the creator of the show on because we both had the, the, the best improv skills. And if he said a certain word, I knew it was about to be longer. And his thing was this. And we, we had a show called uh, Driven. It was a live stage sitcom. So every other month was a different episode. You never saw the same show twice. So every other month was a different episode. And each time we started a new episode, we, we started off with the ending of the last episode. And this was live stage. So we did that. And there would be some times where cast members wouldn't show or messed up on us on some things and the creator would come out as a character, of course. And his thing was to try to break me, to try and make me laugh. The biggest thing on that in theater is to try and make you laugh and fumble on your lines on stage. And he tried. We did that for three seasons. Never laughed, never broke it. I stayed in character and we did what we had to do. But it's a love for it. Um, but I would honestly, there's just so much time with theater. I sacrificed a lot when it came to theater because you have to do so many days of rehearsing time and getting blocking and all that done. I, lo- I love film the most because what I can do with the character, I can be this character and go to someone else and then I can be someone else. A lot of characters, like some people are like, why did they leave? They were doing so good. They're tired of being that same person. They don't. That's not even them. You're They're right. tired of being that person for 10 years. They want to try three, four, five other people before it becomes too late and everyone only sees them as this.
0: So that's why these these prominent TV shows cancel. Some there's yeah. some reasons that 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 can be some some well some of them leaving
1: some of them are other issues and surveys and things that they check off of. Uh, a lot of times it can be a producer arguing with the creator or writer. A yeah. lot
0: it happens. Cause I I'm a fan of the Big Bang they're in. Okay. The guy Jim Parsons was like you know I read the interview like he's just tired of being Sheldon Cooper. Yeah. Like, yeah. He wanted to do other things exactly. and explore other, and people was like, well, hell, are you getting 40 million a season, but he like, I made 40 million five times already. Right. So now I want to go and do something else or right. try something else. And a lot
1: of times it's not always about the money because you'll sit there and look at actors that's getting paid 20-something million a, a, a film or a 30 or 40-something a film, and then they'll go do some Broadway. Because they're sharpening their skills. But they love it that much. A lot of actors, may, believe it or not, would do it for free. But they don't, they're not going to disrespect their craft off of all they've worked for. Right. Like I can, I don't have, I'm, I'm transparent in many ways. But I can tell you, for me, myself, sacrifice, I sacrificed an apartment and a home for my career. I laid on a sofa for my, by my sister for years for my career. Literally I could have went, I could have gone and gotten a career, my my old career field and made money and been fine. But I was not happy. So I went to my sister and talked to her for and, and told her, I said, I literally told her two years. I need this to do blank blank blank, and she accepted it. So I did that. Uh it, that time came up. Of course I had to start finding jobs. Um but at that same time, I was already on some prominent shows while still on the sofa. People have no idea. You got It's a grind, man. I was on HBO on the sofa. I was on a few different shows on the sofa because that's not all. That, they see that show and they think a lot of other things, but it's way more to it.
0: And to get on that point, famous Michael Carleon <laughs> slash Mr. El Pacino... <laughs> He still does theater acting, but he was like, yeah, he got the first movie, yeah. and he still was washing dishes yeah. in a restaurant in New York and living with someone because, you know, like it just was a, it was a grind. The, yes, big time.: And we know some of the movies he starred in in the beginning came to be, you know, big budget film, mm-hmm. but he was like, <laughs> I mean, just because the film gross 900 million. I mean you you no. getting that 100 million.
1: And I mean back then it was major
0: it was different. There, there's some now but even in this
1: day and age. I mean unless that now here's the thing. I can't say this because my acting career was totally everybody's is unique, but mine is totally different. There's some that you would hear some of similar traits, mine is different because I didn't go the route I could have went and gotten a really nice agent. But I was learning the game because there were some points and times where I I got burned from not knowing enough knowledge. So I backed up and I went indie for about two and a half years. Everything I did was independent. And I started to do independent films and short films and I started writing and creating. And then some of the films that I would co-write with are AD on, assistant director on. We were getting nominated for short comedy, short dark. We were shooting in New Orleans, Shreveport so I started to learn the game. Um, believe it or not, out of all the major films or shows that I've done, or anything I've done, I've only booked one thing through my agent. Everything I did, I actually booked myself. HBO, The Butler, all those I actually booked myself. But the only thing I got from them, and that, in respect to them, but the only thing I booked from them was uh,
0: the series premiered a pilot episode of Queen Sugar. Yeah and what else what else she was in besides Queen Sugar I know Tremé yeah
1: uh, the season 2 premiere of Tremé um with one of the lead actors Mikhail Hushman. uh and let's see I did Queen Sugar uh with legendary Glenn Glenn Turman and uh and uh and Derek and my partner D Smoker legendary drummer used to deal with Kermit Ruffins he got his own group Soul Bra- uh, Brass Band he out here doing his thing um I was, the like I said, the voice acting for HBO for three years and Looping, and they referred me to do the voice acting for Lee Daniels, the butler. Um, And then the independent series that we have that went further, we have a lot of those. You wanted me to talk about those as well?
0: Good name. Okay, cool.
1: Uh, What's up? We got King Esther, of course. I have to say that one. King Esther is a a majorly dope series. It's a seven-part series. It's a web series, but it just got nominated for four daytime Emmys. Um, shout out Dewey Girard Shout out Roy Shout out uh, Janet Hubbard The original Aunt Viv She's one of the leads in the series um, it's a, that, that's, that film overall My character I loved my character uh, But that film in so, certain ways In New Orleans can cause controversy But it's actually real Because in, let's be honest In New Orleans life That is actually real It's about a transgender That lives in New Orleans In the 17th With, their, with, uh, with her family and they're trying to... She's trying to do modeling and acting and accept who she is, but her family totally sees her different. This is New Orleans, and it's a different way, especially her brother. And her brother's name is King. And he grew up with her being his little brother. And he got an issue with it. But King off the porch, he, he out there. Uh, my character dates the transgender's twin sister. And I'm, I took her... Now, this is all happening... Five days before Hurricane Katrina hits. So there's a whole bunch of different stuff going on. But my character's always at the house. But I date the twin sister. Um, but the stuff that happens with it is, is really amazing, man. That one was really dope. Um, there's another one I'm shooting right now called The Truth Series. That one is going to be coming soon. We're still actually filming. We have we're sus- filming is suspended right now. But I know at least they have first episode or two that they're finishing up. And the latest thing I filmed is called uh, Maternally Yours. Shout out Nikki Collins. Shout out Lil Rel. The comedian Lil Rel is the executive producer of that one. Executive producer of, uh, that's his first project. We shot that one in Alexandria early, uh, early January. And King Esther was executive producer by Issa Rae. Um, and that's, that's actually available on YouTube on her series on Issa Rae Presents. You can go to that on YouTube and check that out now. So it's been, a, it's been amazing, man. I got to work with Anthony Hemingway. I got to work with uh, Ava DuVernay. I know them. I've talked to them more than once. Uh, get birthday text messages. It's just some, it's amazing things, but it's so much more that I got to do, so much more I, I need to grow
0: from. And do you have a particular actor that you would, you would love to work with? There's a few. There's a lot of them. <laughs>
1: uh, Don Cheeto is definitely one. Don Cheeto is an actor that I would love to work, work with. David Yellower. Um, Michael, Michael B. Jordan, I've been a fan of him since he was actually a kid. Um, there's a lot of different. I, the, the late Robin Williams, I was a major fan of the late, great Robin Williams, believe it or not, because of the versatility that he had. Um, the list goes on and on and on, man. I want to work with who wants to work with me in a, in a good quality way and continue on building. And for New Orleans to become a mecca in its own of acting that we can be looked at for more, which we do love. Second line, music, soul, and everything, but can be looked at for true talent, acting, quality. Not saying that everyone else that's already out there before, but the masses,
0: we deep, we can handle it. (laughs) Not bad. And I hate that people look at the city and that's all they see. Yeah. And you know, we live in a city and we know it's so much talent here besides yeah. rap, playing an instrument, big time, shooting a basketball. Big time. I mean, we got actors, actresses, mm-hmm. doctors, lawyers. Right. Right. Very intelligent people. Our adaptability is
1: amazing. You gotta think about and I'm not and everyone has had their own natural disasters, but can you think of a city that has experienced more natural disasters outside of New York, <laughs> and, and and New York and LA, which are the two two of the largest cities in in America. Outside of that, you have quote unquote the smallest big city in America. You can't. Let's be real. From Katrina to or Rita, Rita the <laughs> levees to. Earl's <laughs> ev- Exactly, and to <laughs> not getting the dr- not getting the money from drilling off the coastlines for ages when everyone else was getting it. I mean, I can go further, man.
0: It's 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 more to me than that. That 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 oil money stopped in the '80s, and that's when <laughs> when that oil money stopped in the '80s. That's when every Fortune 500 oil company that was on Canal Street yeah. went to Houston. Well, they got they would. But see, here's the thing: not just not just Houston, Houston,
1: uh, Mississippi, uh, Tennessee. They were all getting profit from the drilling off the coastline.
0: Yeah, we were the we last lost.
1: state. Yeah. And 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 over 65 percent
0: of the drilling was off of Louisiana's coastline. Mm-hmm. So yeah, trust me, I know. And a lot of people, they they you know, they don't know. They nah. they just blind to the fact. But nah, this was the oil capital besides Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> Big time, and they still doing it. <laughs> exactly. They still doing it. So that should tell you something. That golf something. And then, the golf is a billion dollar dream and a million dollar nightmare. All in the same, right? I agree. And with all the shows you've been in, when you rehearse, do you do it on your own or do you prefer to do it with other actors or uh, just family? You got to be versatile. You got to act to be an
1: actor at that time, especially let's say you have an audition or something. You got you to get it how you live. Um, most of the times I'm acting or I'm rehearsing by myself because my hours are different. And I don't always have the availability, availability to call someone over at 2, 3 in the morning to run some lines with me. Um, for the longest, though, when it came to auditions, we, we not just, you don't always audition in person. You do a video audition. A lot of things now are through video audition. So they send you lines, and a lot of times now they send you your lines maybe a day before, two days before, and you got to get it.
0: Two days? Yeah,
1: many a time. Unless put the learners in
0: 48
1: hours? Sometimes you got to learn in a few hours. They want a quick turnaround because they're trying to book and cast. So, Sometimes you'll get a few hours, and depending on the quality of acting, you can have, but see, you got to think about it. Sometimes you'll get two, three pages, but your dialogue may only be two paragraphs worth. But you also can have it to where they give you a few hours, and you have seven pages, and you got 70% of the dialogue. It's on the quality and the depth of the acting. You got to be ready for it. That's why it's real deal. If somebody handed you a script with 10 pages and say, you got two days, can you get all that done? You got to be ready. You got to show your expressions, film it, get your points, make sure your lighting is great because casting directors will not deal with you if your lighting is horrible. They're going to flick that tape because they have to watch 500 other people and they're sitting there. So you got to think about their side. 500 people that they got to watch say the same stuff. So they're looking for something different to spark. So if you're not getting nothing different, switch, go on to the next one.
0: And does that, does that scare you? Uh, No. Make you afraid, you know?
1: I've been in it too long. I done heard no too many times for that. Nah. You're going to always be nervous because you care. When you're nervous about some situations like that, unless you're guilty, you you, you care. But when you go in the room, you take that deep breath, and you just build that confidence. If if you know you've put the work in once the light's on, there's no more nervousness. I'm nervous before any performance. I was nervous before any track meet. I was nervous until before any contact for football, until I got that first hit. And, but when the lights are on and it happens, all that is out the way. It's showtime. It's time to
0: work. How do you handle the criticism? Do, do you receive criticism? Have you ever received criticism? I've received criticism,
1: but uh, not not much. I've, I've only received negative criticism maybe once or twice so far. So I give thanks in my career. And was it from... Fellow actors or no, it was just, not in the business? It was just people that just said what they wanted to say about their character, but that's how the character was depicted. So I did my job because they literally didn't say about my acting. They just talked about something of emotion that I did. But they don't know, right? I mean, it ain't even about them not knowing. It's just they're critiquing. And I couldn't respect to them. But at the time, I couldn't care less at that point. Because I'm doing, I've done what I already need to, needed to do. The film, that had been filmed a year ago. They, we done, they done took multiple takes, and that's the one that they decided to choose. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. we can have our own favorite takes on everything that we want, but it's not up to us for the final draft. You know, they, we can have it and be like, I want that facial expression on it, unless I'm executive producing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have no pull on that. So it's up to the people that created it. So don't be mad with me. Be mad with creative design. Be mad with the editor. And, but see, I don't and say that's it. what.
0: That's where the viewers get it wrong at, because for the longest, when I seen uh, Tupac movie, All Eyes Against Me, mm-hmm. I used to like Mayno as a rapper, but when Mayno shot Tupac in the elevator, yeah. I'm like, I hate this dude. Which I'm trying <laughs> to remember, which uh, I think my partner was in that, Jay
1: Dorsey, played Tupac in there. I'm trying to remind myself if that was the one that he was in.
0: Like, it's it's, it's just, we as fans, <laughs> like you said, we fall in love exactly. with the, the character. Right. And not per se the actor, because I don't know what I'm looking at when I'm looking at acting. I mean, I think I could point out, well, you know, this guy can act mm-hmm. because of different roles they had. Right. For instance, I could look at something with you, and I I feel like I know Omar can act. Mm-hmm. And also, the guy who's a comedian, Rob Kazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a better actor than comedian to me. Kazi's cold. Kazi's very very
1: shout out to Rob Kazi. He's very versatile. Uh, I think Kazi... Especially when
0: you do the LaPimp thing. Man, he killed that. That's his character. He, listen,
1: Kazi has a that's the thing though. Kazi has a bunch of different characters. Yeah. A bunch. And he can really kill all. He just hasn't, he hasn't gotten it yet to where everybody has received it. Because they 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 love Tommy so much. Yeah, but
0: see, Tommy ain't the one.
1: But 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 <laughs> and, and here's the thing: he wanted to show people, look. This, and I loved the adversity. He did a skit before where he showed Rob versus
0: Tommy. Yeah.
1: That changed everything yeah, for people. Yeah, I remember that. Part, But see, that's creative. That's not, that's people that get it. And he controlled his own destiny because he's his own boss in that section. He mm-hmm. created that. And that's a different demographic. Um, but, but a lot of people don't pay attention to that. There's many a times I'm watching something, when I watch a show most of the times I have to watch it two to three times because, well, first time I'm watching it as a fan. The second time I'm watching it as an actor. The next time I'm watching it as a director or writer. And it's separate for me. So I pay attention to a bunch of things. Like I'll look at a scene and I can tell when a scene has been looped and, and it's a voiceover, somebody else doing it. I know all those things because I'm around it all the time. And, and I'll look at be like, dang. I would, and I, what I do sometimes is if they say a line, I'll say it their way. And then I'll say it the way I would have said it, just yeah. to practice, just overall. Because when you, there's many a times where things go really good in acting, and you got a rhythm and you're doing decent, and you're doing decent. And then it gets stale like a mud for a while. You get your residuals in the, in the mail that get you that inspiration to say, hey, I'm, i you remind you who you are. And then you just got to keep it up. It's a, it's a major thing. Uh, you don't choose acting, acting chooses you. I learned that from the legendary Carol Sutton Dixon. She's a, shout out to her. She's an amazing actress, older woman that's from here. She's still acting now. She's still killing theater, TV, you name it. And she told me that during our second uh, loop group for HBO. And she told me that, and she told me that by, and she called me my name. One of the other dudes that was doing it for the longest walked over and was like, "If Carol Dixon knows your name, you're a good actor. So you need to pay attention to what she's telling you." And I took it from there, from there. That was
0: made, that was 08. I never forgot that. And we, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, we have a lot of prominent actors from here that's well known. Yeah. Carl Weathers, Tim Reed. Yeah. Gary Morrison. hmm You know, and the list goes on and on and on and on. But once again, we're looked at like, oh yeah, that's the city <laughs> where they play the, you know, the brass music. And right. The Party people. city all day. Yeah, you know, they, they walk around the street with the band, and they, they waving white flags. Right. And I just be like, it's a little bit more than that down it, here.
1: It's a grime. I work three jobs, bro. I had, well, before this pandemic, I had three jobs. And, and, and I know, because
0: <laughs> I didn't see you.
1: <laughs> and, and I still do my acting. Like, people have no idea what I'll do in a day. Because like, you would never know unless I tell you most of the time. Right. But... Uh, we I do because we actually we have other actors from Abe now that, that are actors that's doing thing. Shout out Nomika, shout out Keisha. Um,
0: I have seen Keisha. Yeah, You're we, talking got, about Kenneth, XY, yeah right? we got Kenneth X wife. Yeah, we got a few. We got we got a lot of them
1: that's from New Orleans. That's actors from Abe that's doing thing. Shout out uh, Janessa. She's in L.A. doing her thing, and mm. she's from here. So yeah, um, they've all faced it to where you get looked at a certain way. And a lot of times they'll ask you to use your New Orleans accent. But the biggest thing is you don't take that as a a bad thing. You take it as an opportunity to show them otherwise without overdoing it because a lot of people overdo things and overstep their boundaries on a set. And you're not realizing these people been doing this. They got some real relevancy in the game and you can get blackballed. It can happen. It has happened. So you got to know your fine lines on things. That's why when some people talk to me, I tell them I wouldn't take the same steps that I took if you were me because I did things differently. I kind of technically did some things in a rogue way. Like my very first, my very, very first national TV uh, acting time, spot was Treme. And I read the script and I'm like, this is not how New Orleans was Right, because when I saw it, I was like, oh, I was <laughs> like, no. <laughs> but no, the way they said it on that, on that scene, I'm like, that's not how they would say it. So, I said it in a way closer that how New Orleans would say it versus how it actually was. I didn't tell anyone what I was going to do. That's big, that's big time. Like you changing lines like that, that can get you kicked out. Mind you, that was my very first time on national TV. I'm sick as a dog at that time. I had asthma. Yeah. I have asthma bad. So, I was in the trailer coughing. Every time in between takes, we did like maybe 30 plus takes because. We had four different camera angles. Never messed up a line. But I got what I got out of it was Anthony Hemingway. He's a director, executive producer. He executive produced uh, uh, what was it? The uh, the Underground. He was executive producer and won his Emmy for the People vs OJ. Um, the series. Yeah, you, he he's been a director and and producer for for Empire, for Power, you name it. Cold Brother, um, and he talked about that and he was talking about some things that we did on the show and he actually allowed me to keep it he didn't say anything at all and then he asked me to improv some stuff and segue into the script a lot of these things were lined up for what i already had strengths in so i already had the improvability from years on in theater and uh i said i did everything i needed to do and segued into the script and the lead actor when they said cut, he was like, "That was effing awesome." He was cursing like, he was like, that was awesome." He almost lost me. So I'm sitting there, humble as hell, like, you know. But on the inside, I'm not gonna front. I was like a five year old schoolgirl because <laughs> this is the lead act of a show, right? And I did that Counts was my very do. first time at the time. But uh, it was just real, real funny. And I got those type of things from every director I've worked with. Uh, it's funny on how all of them allow me to improv without me asking. From Ava DuVernay, she came in and asked, and she was impressed, and it did it enough for Anthony. Uh, I still think Anthony made a call, man. I'm just going to be honest, because he told me, listen, I, and I can tell this to any, if, if there are actors or anyone out here, I'd say this. Make sure, if you on set, be as professional as you possibly can and be on time. If you can't be early, be early, because it matters. I'll tell you why. The very first time I was on, on Treme, I was there for an extra I came maybe 45 minutes early. The PA was impressed and asked me, could I wait a moment? They put me in a trailer. I'm like, damn, they treat they, extras good. I'm sitting in the trailer. She called me back, asked me, could I be a stand-in? One of their people called out. She said, it pays more. That's all I needed to hear at the time, because right. I didn't know what a stand-in was at that moment. I did that. The casting director called and said, Omar, I don't know what the hell you did, but they want you to come back and be a feature extra and stand-in for the rest of the season. And that's what I did the first season of Tremaine. And I did the second season I, they called me and said, hey, Omar, you want to know if you come, you can come and audition for a role with one of the um, lead actors. And I'm looking, I'm like, y'all got the right Omar Washington? They was like, yeah, so I auditioned. <laughs> I got the part. Um, the, the craziest thing was when Anthony saw me the next week, he pulled me to the side and said, stop doing this. He said, because I thought you were a seasoned TV actor. I didn't know I was your first time on national TV. So that speaks about your quality. So maybe three, four days later, I got a call from HBO to start doing voice acting. And my friend, my, my, my partner, I told you I did for Best Motion Pictures, tri he was already doing it. I called him and said, what do I have to do? I have no idea. He was like, man, it's going to be easy. All you got to do is read, blank, 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 blank. They all actors. They all going to groom you. He didn't tell me everything either. <laughs> so I get there and uh, the editor, shout out to Rob, uh, another Emmy Award winning editor for HBO we, we was there and uh, brought the script this is what they do in, 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 in loop group or stand in there's a big screen they hand you the script and say 3, 2, 1 the hand, they, that's the exact amount of time so you if you're an actor on it and you're ready for stuff like that when they hand you that script you only have 3 seconds to read it you gotta be ready to read it and show action and conviction in what you're doing and that's what I had to do. I messed up twice throughout the whole five hours. I thought I messed up, but they loved it, and I wound up doing it with them for three more, years, three more seasons, and then they referred me, and it kept going.
0: And you show you, you didn't join the elite... Um... Group or nothing, huh? Nah, you know, cause they say you know to get to get to get where you're nah. going, you gotta get in one of those. I, I, groups. Hear, I hear all that. But Illuminati, or yeah, something. I hear all that. But the loop, loop group ain't got nothing. Loop group
1: get <laughs> no, you know, I ain't talking I know about you, loop group. No, I'm talking about what I did. Loop group, you get an eight hundred something dollar check. That ain't got nothing to do with what you' talking about. If you get an eight hundred something dollar check for that, that five hour session or thirty minute session, but <laughs> I get what you're saying. Eight hundred
0: for five hours.
1: Yeah, I mean, a five-hour session, you get a little bit over 800. Huh? Um, mm. any, anywhere from 30 minutes to five hours, it's the same. I ain't bad. I know. I, I yeah. I used to. I ain't gonna lie. When we did it consistently, I loved it. it we used, I used to get like maybe 147 dollars for 45 minutes of overtime. I used to love it. Yeah. If any time after five hours is overtime, it's that one, But bad. but you gotta. But here's the thing. You say that you sitting in a studio for all those hours. And wow, everything is going on. Studio equipment. What can you do? What can you not do? So you're you you don't get a script until you get in there. So you're sitting out quiet with all your people until they call all of you in the room or some of you in the room. And that whole time you there working, checking, doing this and this and this. Um, Sometimes it's with script. Sometimes they want you to improv the entire movie of the butler. We didn't get a script. We had to watch every scene and improv all of it. Lee Daniels was on Skype in New York, and he had to interview each and every one of us before, because he said he needs to meet everybody that's working with him before he gets before they get to business. And once we did that, we would watch the scene and go in and just start improving constantly, constantly. So it's some work that that not a butler. That was some work. I ain't gonna front, it, but I loved it because I love improv.
0: Yeah. You you telling me something you know that I didn't know? Yeah, and I know. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of I Just <laughs> for the record, y'all, my man didn't join Illuminati. Nah. He's still regular people. And
1: hey, listen, if I if I if I did some stuff like that, bro, <laughs> you would have to see all the stuff that's going on with people. Ain't no way, ain't no way in heck, because I'm still sitting out here with waiting on unemployment and stuff. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking still about. Still living regular life,
0: I <laughs> still doing it right now, still doing it. Before I get you out of here, let let the people know. What's your next project, and where they can find you at? Uh,
1: you can look at me, look me up on Instagram uh, at OW underscore Omar. Uh Same thing for Twitter. Uh, Facebook more kind of like family, friends. But Omar Washington. Um, you can go to my Gmail at o. o what is it? Omarwash.ow@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Uh, I'm still forming my YouTube channel. i pl- placing some things up. If you do go on my page, I'm putting my new reel in my bio uh yeah
0: that's what it is right there in, in your upcoming show the that, fin- you're, in, film the, that the, you're in the, the that one song. that's
1: coming in that's one that's coming out is maternally yours maternally yours uh shout yeah. out Bree. shout out sin it's so many that that cast was dope man we felt we, we became a family out there and we still repping it and talking it. shout out rail shout out nikki shout out g and when when can we um find where at when well, that we're still getting that. I honestly I have no unearthly idea they're in the process of it because we just filmed it in January. So we got an, we got emailed recently that they're, saying they're still in the works of editing and finalizing all the stuff. But we have the trailers out right now. Um, you can get the trailer on my page as well. I have the trailer in my um bio, but it's maternally yours. You can still go on YouTube, you can check out King Esther, you can go look up season. Two premiere of Treme. You can look up the series premiere of uh, Queen
0: Sugar. You can do all that. I'm on it. Y'all got it, man. Y'all go check O out. Bill and A. Pride. Much love to Marion Averson, Marin especially Averson. class of 99. Yes, sir. And Omar, much love to you for coming out. To you going to film a podcast with me and my man, producer man B over here.
1: Appreciate it. We really Dan appreciate
0: Kings. it. Taking your time on this busy Saturday. All day, fam. You know what I'm saying? Much love, and we about to get out of here. Like we close every time. New Orleans. Famous words of the famous Papa Smurf. Love is the answer. Who cares what the question is?